We are continuing in our series on Matthew. <clears throat> we took a little sidetrack as Pastor Tom brought the word. We'll tie that all back into what we're doing uh, in a little bit. We're talking about two kingdoms and one allegiance. And we're going through uh, the Sermon on the Mount, which is Jesus' sermon to, uh, to the people around him. And it included his disciples. It included the Pharisees. It included uh, some people just curious, a lot like what who we are today. All different walks of life, all different people. Jesus preaches his first sermon, pretty much his only sermon until you get to the woes where he's just going off on the Pharisees, uh, which I guess you can call a sermon or a rebuke or what have you. Uh, but basically, we've in Matthew, it's been talking about this kingdom of God and how Jesus is the king of this kingdom. This book is written by a Hebrew, about a, a, it's by a Jew, about a Jew to Jews. And it's saying this guy is the Messiah we've been talking about all for hundreds and hundreds of years through the Old Testament and through the time when there was no scripture being uh, inspired. This guy is it. And so uh, what we came off of two weeks ago in Matthew was... Uh, the golden rule, do unto others. And so we're going to review a little bit of that from last week. It kind of sets us up for this week. Um, But the first was God's parameters. Remember, it's not just do unto others. That is not the golden rule. The golden rule is, is so in everything. That's God's parameters. I hate God's parameters. So in everything does not, in everything is not what I want to hear. I want to hear, I'll do unto others as long as I'm not going to be a doormat. That's not everything. Okay, I'll do unto others as long as it doesn't cost me too much. You know, if you just give all your money away, that's not wise stewardship. If I just go ahead in everything. I don't know why the Lord didn't consult me before this was written. I would have made just a few changes. I probably would have just inserted my own name and made you guys have to do everything, but me, I don't have to do everything. But that's God's parameter, so in everything. And then God's principle, that's it, do unto others. And we talked about do the do, do it. It's not just don't do bad stuff to others because you don't want them to do bad stuff to you. It's do the do, do it. And we talked about the foam pit and how BMX and motocross the, the, the tricks had kind of stalled for, for a number of years until they came up with the foam pit. And guys could try anything and they'd land in this foam pit. Their bike would go one way, they'd go the other. No sweat, they're in the foam pit. And we talked about God has given us a foam pit of his love and relationship in him. We can try anything that the scriptures tell us to do. And we're going to be okay. Are we going to nail the trick? Some, all the time? Absolutely not. But that's the point. We try something in Christ, something new, something radical, a relationship that's outside the norm, and we just land right in that and go, man, I messed that up. And the Lord says, boy, you sure did. Go get your bike and let's try it again. But we ha- it has to be the doing part. So many times we don't want to do it until we've got it all figured out and nailed down. That's not what it says. In everything, do unto others. That's God's principle. Do unto others the third is god's purpose this sums up the law and the prophets jesus says this is it do unto others as you would have them do unto you this sums it up this is the answer this is what all of scripture was aspiring to this is this is what jesus is saying i'm about to live this out 
you watch. Because Jesus said, I didn't come to abolish the law or the prophets. I came to fulfill them. Jesus' life was a fulfilling of this doing unto others. So much so that he gave his very life at the end. He fulfilled this law and the prophets. And he asked us to do the same. That's God's purpose. And then we ended on this scripture that was outside of Matthew that really kind of sums up everything we were talking about two weeks ago. And God is able to make all grace abound to you. All grace abounding. Now, that word all is what supplies everything. Okay, remember? In everything, do unto others. That all grace is our supply so that we can do in everything. So that in all things at all times, there's our everything again, having all that you need to do the do. That you will abound in every good work. You'll work on a trick for weeks and all of a sudden you'll get to nail it and that's abounding in the work of Jesus Christ. So that was, uh, that was two weeks ago. <clears throat> so now we get into this week. It's a lot of scripture, but remember Jesus is talking here. It's in the narrative, so we can kind of go through this. So he says, after he says, this fulfills the law and the prophets, he says, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. Watch out for the false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you'll recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Pastor Tom's message last week set this up perfectly. Because what Jesus is talking about here are choices. He goes into two gates. And remember what Pastor Tom was talking about. You may be wise enough to see which gate you're going to go through. But prudence, remember that word prudence? Prudence says you're actually going through. You might know, oh man, that's the wide road. I'm not going to go And you may sit there and you may know a thousand verses why that narrow gate is the, is the one you should choose. But prudence actually gets you through that gate. Now, I want to sidetrack here a little bit. Many times, this narrow gate and wide gate are used for salvation. Okay? The narrow gate is salvation through Christ. The wide gate is hell. Okay? Wide gate, hell. Narrow gate, heaven. Okay? There is an element to that, absolutely. But what we're talking about here is when you enter the narrow gate, there's a road that leads to life. And on the wide gate, there's a road that leads to destruction. Ultimately, yes, heaven and hell. But what I want to talk about this morning is the road, and we'll get to heaven and hell uh, next week. Um, which, and, and we'll use these verses as well. I don't know why my glasses have like... It's like I ate a cupcake before I put them on. It's just incredible. Um, I can see. Good. So we're talking about these gates. So um, the little acronym, as you can see, is GPS. So uh, I'm sorry for that. But that's just the way it goes. 
Right? If you notice on the top of your outline there, you'll see a, a verse from Deuteronomy uh, chapter 30. I, I didn't write it down here, but we'll try and y- you can read it there. This is essentially this choice, this narrow gate, wide gate choice has been given to us from the very beginning of time. It was given to Adam and Eve. They said, look, here's a garden. You can commune with me forever. There's no sickness. You don't have to work. You can pop babies out, no problem. It doesn't hurt at all. It's just awesome. Life. But then there's a wider gate that has a tree in front of it. Don't eat that fruit. A choice. God, through his sovereignty, has made us people who are able to choose. And all throughout Scripture, all throughout Scripture, is people's choice after choice after choice after choice. You see people who made good choices, people who made bad choices. Jesus right now is saying, look, this sums up the law and the prophets. Love God with all your heart, love people. Now, which one are you going to do? This is almost kind of like his altar call or his response. Which one are you going to choose? And so he gives us these two gates. Oh, oh, in Deuteronomy 30, I'm sorry, it's on your outline there. Uh, Basically, they're saying, look, they're right about to enter the promised land. The land of life, what God has promised. And he says, I've set before you life and death. You're going to have to pick one. Choose life so that your children and you might live. Again, this choice going in the promised land. So Jesus gives us this choice. It's a narrow gate and a wide gate. And I just want to quickly go over the difference between the two. The narrow gate is attached to a narrow road. Okay? It's not just the gate is life. You know, I enter through the narrow gate and, ah, oh, life, I'm saved. Fantastic. It's a, it's a road. The wide gate, you walk through and you don't, you're just like, oh, I died, go to hell, oh, done. Okay, destruction. It's a road. And so the, the, the narrow gate has a narrow road. The wide uh, gate has a wide road. The narrow gate leads to life and the wide gate leads to destruction. Now, as we're going through this word picture, I want us to understand what this means. Because a lot of times when we look at a life in Christ, we, we focus on the not destruction part. Like don't, don't uh, have sex before you're married uh, because uh, you can get pregnant, uh, get a sexually transmitted disease, and by the way, it's outside of what God would have for you. So that's all destruction. Instead of, ah. Oh, if you save yourself for marriage the way God intended, it's life. This is, the, this is the structure. See, we focus so much on the destruction part, we miss the life part. But we have to see, one leads to destruction and one leads to life. There's no mid, and then there's one that is kind of one or the other. It's okay. We are either traveling towards life or we're traveling towards destruction in our lives on these two roads. There's no mix and match. So I want us to understand that. One leads to life. One leads to destruction. The narrow gate. Few find it. Few find the narrow gate. Man. I don't know about you, but that's kind of depressing to me. I mean, wouldn't the gate that leads to life be the one that's the easiest to find? But few find this one, Jesus says. And many enter through the wide gate. Many enter through the wide gate. If I could submit to you something 
to sum up what we've been talking about for seven chapters. The narrow gate is the kingdom of heaven, and the wide gate is the kingdom of earth. All the things that work for the kingdom of earth are on the wide road. And let me tell you, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see this to be true. When you look at the way the world runs and the way uh, we, 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 we constantly are shifting boundaries and constantly working, constantly trying to find any type of meaning in life, and then you look at what the scriptures say, oh man, poor in spirit, hunger and thirst for righteousness, mourning, those who mourn, happy are those who mourn, happy are those who are on this narrow, narrow-minded, difficult road. Ugh. I want the seven-lane freeway. Here's the problem. Both gates are labeled this way to life. That's the problem. They both have a label. The the kingdom of the world, Satan didn't slap a label on the wide gate going, this way to hell. (laughs) Oh, goody. Honey, I found the one to hell. Let's go. It's marked this way to life. All the things that, that the world has to offer, pleasures and materialism and, and, and power and status and all this stuff, feels like life when you're in it. All the while, it's leading to destruction. See, the problem is, when you look at anyone at any given time during that road, it doesn't look like destruction you know, you hop on the road for a while and you're leading a life and you're sleeping around and everything's great. It doesn't say you'll utterly be destroyed the second you step onto that road. It's not what it says. It feels like life. Partying and all that stuff and accumulating wealth and getting everything all set out. Got the retirement package done. Got the kids' college. Ah, ah, it feels like life. And it's destruction. It's destruction. We'll get to the gates in a little bit. The narrow gate is Christ. The wide gate is self. And this is what Jesus has been talking about, especially to the Pharisees going, you guys are trying to do it on your own. And it feels real great. You feel really important. You can look at other people and you can say, oh, I'm not like them. You know what religion is? Religion without a relationship with Christ, religion is just, you're on the wide road, but you're in the slow lane. (laughs) That's what religion is. You're in your lane. It seems narrow to you. You're driving the speed limit, looking at everyone else going, oh, I can't believe that. Look what they're doing. He's speeding. He's weaving in and out of traffic. You know, going along. On the wide road, that's what the Pharisees were doing. They got their little, their wide road, their, their little rules and regulations. You can drive this fast. If you're on Tuesday, you have to have a red hat and you have to wear this bumper sticker and all this kind of stuff. And they're all right on the mark. Yeah, look at those. I'm so glad I'm not like those. It's the wide road. They're on their way to destruction. You see? And so sometimes it might look in my life like a narrow road when really I'm just in the slow lane. It's all my own works, all my own thing. I can look over next to somebody driving in the thing and they're playing their music too loud and I shake my head and go, oh, I'd never do that. <laughs> and I'm on the wrong road. GPS. We're going to be talking this morning, first one's gates, about 
How do we make sure we're traveling on the right road? Here's the bottom line question for the gates. Which road am I on? Because that's the gate I entered. If you look at your life, if I look at my life and I go, Man, I am not fulfilled. I, I, nothing's working that I'm doing. There's a really, really good chance I'm on the wide road. And the gate I entered was self. I'm trying to do it on my own. I got to get the raise. I got to get that girlfriend. I got to get this. And I, I don't have to get, I'm trying to, uh, you know. Yeah, you guys are looking at me like, he wants a girlfriend. <laughs> I don't want a girlfriend. Okay, so, so it, it doesn't matter. I, that, that drug makes me feel this way. But whichever road you find yourself on, because the Lord will make it increasingly clear to you, that's what he does. It doesn't bother me. You can say it if you want. Uh, I hear that sound all the time. <laughs> Whichever road I'm on, <laughs> that's the gate I enter. And that one's going to come back to bite me. (laughs) We need to look around our lives. Are we just like everybody else? Are Are we any different at all? That's an indication we're on the wide road. Many find the wide road. If I'm accepted and I, and, 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 you know, I've got kind of everything worked out and my life kind of patterns success and all that, I need to be really careful, even though it feels like life, that I'm not on the wide road. I got to get off that and go on the narrow road. It's a journey. The second is profits. Profits. So Jesus goes right into these gates. Okay, now you're on, you, you pick the narrow gate or the wide gate, or whatever, but you have to beware, he said. Because there are people on the, on the wide road that do not at all have your interests in mind. They are false prophets, pseudo-prophets, they call them. The Greek word is actually pseudo. Pseudo-prophets, fake, they're false. They look like real people, but they're not. So I started thinking about this. Imagine if you had a GPS system. You buy it. It's designed to tell you exactly where you want to go. You put in the coordinates and then it doesn't lie. It doesn't have its own agenda. Now imagine if you bought a GPS that looked exactly like a GPS. Everything about it was the same, but it had its own agenda. We were fortunate enough to get an Oscar award-winning actor uh, for a video we did uh, this morning to kind of show what that might look like. <laughs> Let's check it out. <laughs> now, man, that acting was incredible. <sighs> Hold on one second. Oh. I'd like to thank everybody at the academy. Okay. <clears throat> it's silly. You get a GPS that wants to go to Radio Shack, wants to go to Best Buy, all this kind of stuff. This is exactly what Jesus is warning about. There are going to be people, prophets, 
that look like they have our best interest in mind. It looks like they're designed to lead us around. But in fact, they're ferocious wolves. And Jesus says they're dressed in sheep's clothing. Now, I want us to understand what this means. It doesn't mean they're dressed up like sheep. They're not in a sheep's costume, okay? What they're in is they're in clothing made of sheep. It's exactly what a shepherd would wear. A shepherd wears sheep's clothing. A shepherd would wear the skins of a sheep, and the sheep would understand that that's the shepherd. In this scripture here, what it's saying is, is there's going to be people that look like shepherds to you. That we just blindly follow and go, oh, this is great. And they're leading us down the wide road. Now, I want to talk very briefly about this idea of false prophets. Because Jesus is saying something uh, very important. He's saying beware. The Greek word there means hold your mind back. That's That's what the literal Greek is. Hold your mind, withdraw your mind. Don't let your mind enter into what they have to say. Now, you say, well, gee, what does that mean? Does that mean I shut off all, you know, anything to the outside world? Of course not. But there's a difference between observing and seeing, which is what Jesus is asking us to do later. Look at this fruit. You can't just withdraw and and not be able to see, and, and be able to see fruit at the same time. But, I want us to see here, in the Old Testament, the Old Testament is filled with false prophets. All these false prophets and all these examples of how the people of Israel were led astray by these false prophets. And then Jesus comes along and he says, there's still false prophets, watch out. And then the apostles come along and say, watch out for the false prophets, for the false apostles. And then now we get here in America and, you know, it's all nice and great and everything. And we think, well, we don't have really prophets anymore. As though the scriptures don't apply to us. Very, very dangerous. Instead, we need to open our eyes and go, who are my false prophets? The the idea of a false prophet is one that leads you to another God. And so our false prophets might not show up like Jim Jones, we're all drinking Kool-Aid, and go to Guyana. That's what we think. Well, I'd never get faked out by him. He's crazy. Maybe not him. But there's some other false prophet that Satan has brought into your life. It might not even be a particular person, but maybe a mindset. An idea that, you know, following after materialism. This is why Jesus says you cannot serve God and money. They're on two different roads. And yet everything in our society is talking about money. I mean, the idea, now hear me, please. Just don't freak out on me. You want to get people freaked. Start talking about high gas prices. It's the end of the world. We got to do something. If we don't, oh my goodness, it cost me this much and that much. And this this is crazy. This is crazy. In a narrow road life, does it really matter? We have to adjust our lifestyle. We've got to think, man, okay, I've got to do something. We want to be good stewards. But we make it sound like, oh, God, this is it. I have no reason to live. If it gets to $5 a gallon, I'm just going gonna, gonna to keel over and die. It might be a false, money might be a false prophet for us. Let me show you what happened in the Old Testament. It's a perfect example of what the people in the Old Testament said. It's in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 11. They're on the wide road right now. 
And God's prophets are going from the narrow road. You are going the wrong way. You are in sin. You need to turn around and go back. You need to go through the narrow gate. And they say, leave this way, get off this path and stop confronting us with the Holy One of Israel. Leave us alone. This is why God's people, the Israelites, killed their own prophets. Because they were on the wide road going, I don't want to hear this anymore. Don't tell me I can't do X, Y, or Z. And it sounds a lot like my own life sometimes. And what I see in the church is nobody, you don't tell me, I, this is different. We're in a new era of the church. We're no different than we were 2,000 years ago. Kai had a great point. We were talking in our staff meeting. And we were trying to do different things. You know, in our staff meeting, we're thinking, you know, we always want to see the kingdom of God here at Living Spring. It's what fuels us. It's what excites us. So we love hearing about children's ministry and and the kingdom of God working there. We're always trying to figure out ways where we can usher in the kingdom of God into Living Spring so that we can have the biggest impact on our community. And so we were talking about figuring it out, and Kai just said, you know, they ha- we haven't, if we haven't figured it out after 2,000 years, maybe we'll never figure it out with some formula. I don't know about you, but that freed me up a lot this week. I don't have to f- try to figure out a certain formula. The fact of the matter is, I need to look at my own life and say, which road am I on? Who am I listening to? Leave this way, get off this path. That was the Old Testament. Then Jesus comes along. Watch out for false prophets, we just read. In Matthew 24, 17 chapters later, he's still on it. Many false prophets will deceive many. Watch the road you're on. And then finally, this is a lot of scripture here, bear with me. I just want to show you that it's the apostles. And listen to what the apostles are telling the early church. In 2 Corinthians, for such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, masquerading as apostles of Christ. They're dressed like shepherds, but inside, they're they're ferocious wolves. They're out for your destruction. Second Peter, this is Peter writing. But there were also false prophets among the people. He's doing the same thing I'm doing. Just like in the Old Testament, he says, there were false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who brought them bringing swift, what? Destruction. Remember, the wide road leads to destruction. Peter's talking about the same thing on themselves. And then finally, in Ephesians, I brought this one up because we went through Ephesians. Last book. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Now, why am I talking about these prophets? Because the scripture is clear on what you're to do with a false prophet. All through the scripture, it's the same thing. This is why Stephen was stoned by Paul. Because it was just, it was blasphemy what he was saying, right? The Pharisees are on the wide road to to a narrow road person. They're speaking blasphemy. How dare he say that? And so they stoned him. It's the same thing. We kill the false prophets. You guys are like, oh, here it comes. He's crazy, right? Under your seat is a gun. No, I'm kidding around, okay? (laughs) We're going to take Garden Grove by storm, right? Freaking out on me. In Deuteronomy chapter 13, 
God's talking and he's saying, look, this is, this is what I want you to do. Let's say there's a prophet or a seer and he says something and it comes true. Oh, that's, isn't that the mark of a false prophet? If it comes, if it's false, he's false. Not necessarily. Sometimes what the false prophets say seem to be true for a while. And then God goes on. He says, if it comes true, and then he tells you to follow after false gods, kill him. Wow. Kill him? That's what it says. That prophet or dreamer must be put to death because he has what? Preached rebellion against the Lord your God who brought you out of those chains and off of the wide road and redeemed you with the land of sla- uh, from the land of slavery. He has tried to turn you away, uh, turn you from the way the Lord your God has commanded you to follow. He's trying to get you off that narrow road. And so you look at the wide road and we think, well, you know, this person is sleeping around and, you know, the Bible says that it's utter destruction and they're doing fine. What they're saying is kind of coming to, to pass. It's not like matching up. And you realize, oh, no, that's not it. It's the God he serves, the God of self, the God of pleasure. Or the person who's chasing after money and man, they got tons of cash and you know, you look at some of these stars and you go, oh man, it doesn't look like their life is really heading towards destruction. What's the God? Materialism or power or whatever. What does the scripture tell us to do? Put them to death. Now, does that mean we secretly head out and we go after and kill people? Of course it doesn't mean that. But there are prophets that are speaking into our lives today. And we know, I, 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 I couldn't come up with enough examples. So I just, when I do that, I get frustrated and I just put out a blanket statement. For us to look at our lives and we say, as we're on the narrow road, what are those prophets beckoning to us? I'll bring up one. Um, and that's... Uh, That's pornography. Pornography says, um, if if you have the right person and it's fantasy, this fantasy will be fulfilling. Now that is an absolute lie. But watch what happens on the wide road. See, again, we can litigate, we can try to legislate all this kind of stuff, but it's just the world doing what the world does. So pornography, it used to be that there was some shame, some cultural shame. Like if you were caught like at an adult bookstore or whatever, there was shame in that. Well, now with the internet, there is no shame. So what happens? Let's widen the road a little bit. You'll see on television, people joke about it. And, and oh, it's, it's couples that are joking about it. Oh, oh, it's no destruction. It's just two people who love each other and they just have added this fun little element to their relationship. Destruction. That's a prophet saying, oh, it'll be fine. And here's the thing. It doesn't take a genius to figure out that the wide road doesn't work. None of it works. You look at, you look at uh, just sexuality and the way the world, the way the world uh, presents it. 
And you think, oh, you know what? It's, it's okay, you know? All this kind of stuff, it works out fine. And then, but when you really, if you, I wish for a day somebody could be a pastor. And, and you, you know what? It's amazing to me. People will just begin, not, not even in this church, but just people will begin to just share. Always. They don't know anything about Scripture. All they're doing is describing how the wide road doesn't work. They tried this, they tried that, they tried this, and this doesn't, this doesn't measure up. We need to look, be very perceptive about what those prophets are in our lives. It may be a catalog that shows up at the house. I always joke around about the Pottery Barn catalog just because they got some cool stuff in there. But what happens? You begin to flip through and you begin to, again, just fantasize about, ah, you know, if I, boy, what a cute room. If, you know, if our whole room was in, I don't say cute. I, that, speaking to the ladies here. <clears throat> So, you, you know, anyway, you get uh, the Pottery Barn catalog, you give it to your wife, and then you take the Home Depot catalog. No. So you, you're looking and you're thinking, oh, and you know that feeling? The endorphins start firing, and you're like, oh, I really want that. I really want that. It's a false prophet, materialism, saying, once you, and you, we know, we see it. We see it all the time. What do we do? We get whatever it is, and then we're like, Oh, Pottery Barn catalog. And we're into the next, the next thing. It doesn't work. And so those false prophets, the problem is, because of our flesh, because our desire is to do it ourselves. See, we want to end up with life, right? We want to end up with a life that says, oh, life. No, we don't want to end up with destruction. We want to end up with life. But we want to be able to turn around and go, oh, I went through the wide gate. And I did it myself. We want both. We want life, but we want to do it on our own. We cannot. It has to be done through Christ. So here's the bottom line question here. Who is influencing me? Who's influencing me? If it's a false prophet, it needs to be put to death. Now, I don't know what that looks like in your life. It might very well be getting rid of every computer in your home. That might be the putting to death part. Putting to death is extreme. I mean, I don't know about you, but if I were, I feel like if I were an Israelite, and there was some dude going, hey, follow after this guy, Baal, or whatever, I'd be like, dude, you're crazy. You know, you're nuts. But like to jam up to him and like hit him with a rock on his head, is like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. That's crazy. I just won't listen to him. Sometimes it doesn't work that way in our lives. There might be things we're doing, gambling or, I don't, again, I don't know. That's the thing. I make a really bad Holy Spirit. I've realized this in my life. At least I do, I make a bad Holy Spirit for my wife. Uh, She just doesn't listen to me as the Holy Spirit. She listens to the Holy Spirit. Same with the congregation. I could name a thousand things, but God and you know the thousandth and first the thing where you're saying, I have to kill that prophet. That prophet keeps beckoning me to this road that leads to destruction. That's the bottom line question. So we got gates and we got prophets. The last thing is searching. It says, who, it's our searching. We got the narrow gate, we got the wide gate. We got people screaming from each road going, now it's up to us to choose. We search, few find this narrow road. Jesus says, few find it. I want to read Hebrews real quick. 
But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Sometimes I'm floored at decisions people, wide road decisions people make where you're going, (laughs) what GPS did you get? You know, it's like just in and out of relationships and, you know, get, oh, I've, uh, we're going to get married. And you're looking at the guy and you're going, dude, no, no, lots of baggage with this one or the lady. It's Father's Day, okay? So I'm just giving the guys a break this morning. All my bad examples have to do with women because it's Father's Day, right? I get on the men enough, I think. But it's our minds are trained. Can you even discern? You say, well, I don't have any false prophets. There's your first indication (laughs) that you're on the wide road. No, there's really nobody, no negative. No, I think think it's fine. That's a bad, okay? Our minds need to be trained. They need to be trained. What does that look like? Well, it looks like all the obvious stuff. We need to be in scripture. We need to be constantly renewing our mind transforming it secondly therefore prepare your minds for action we've read this verse a thousand times here but just making it through the narrow gate doesn't mean it's like yippee i'm on the narrow road and i can just boop 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 and if i just live long enough i'll make it to heaven some roads are shorter than others that's not it we prepare our minds for action We're on the narrow road. It's difficult. Everything in us is going to want to hop over to that wide road. And Peter says, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Stay on that road. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Christ Jesus is revealed. Okay, so understand what Peter's saying here. He's saying, go through that narrow gate, get on there, be controlled, and set your mind on that life. This road leads to life. Set your mind on that life. Set your mind on the things above, not on that wide road. Hebrews says, we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. So we have mature minds that are able to distinguish good and evil. We prepare our minds for action, not just for accumulating knowledge. What a... um, Yeah, it's just very dangerous if we're not ready to act. So Jesus is giving us two warnings. Oh, he's giving, I'm sorry, he's giving us two things. A warning, he's saying, I'm warning you, now watch. I'm warning you, now watch. And I feel like this morning, God is giving us the same thing. There are false prophets out there. There's a road that leads to not, not life. It actually leads to destruction. There's a destroying life. And again, you can be the best in the best religion in the world and just be in the slow lane of the wide road. We need to prepare our minds for action to go, Lord God, this is a relationship with you. This is a journey. And sometimes I'll be on this narrow road and it'll feel like claustrophobic and it'll feel like it's too much work. And that road over there is going at 85 miles an hour let me just get on it for a little while and then we'll cut it out and i'll jump right back in i swear once we get around this mountain don't we do that trouble comes and the first thing we want to do is call somebody and gossip or we want to i just want to jump off 
Get on one of those. You ever been at the, at the airport? They have those people movers. They never go fast enough for me. I always have to walk on the people mover. But you want to just jump off, kind of have it go around the mountain, and okay, there we go. That was easy. And the Lord just goes, oh, no, I'm sorry. You got to go back in front of the mountain. I go, what? I want to strengthen you with this mountain. I want to strengthen you. Yeah, this part of the, this part of the narrow road stinks. Everybody has trouble here. But to those who have been trained by it, afterward it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. This training. Jesus says, watch out. Be careful. Look at those false prophets and kill them. Wow. What are they in our lives? What are the things that are beckoning us to something else other than a life in Christ? I'm going to this last verse. This is what Paul was doing with Acts. I mean, you can imagine Paul, he's an apostle, and he's this church that he's, he's, he's brought up. And he says this, Therefore watch and remember that in the space, that by the space of three years I ceased not to, uh, I ceased not to warn everyone night and day with tears. Again, watch out. I'm warning you. Be careful. There's a narrow road and there's a wide road. We are in love. We are in love.